know how strong we are until we are faced, or shall I say forced to bring that hidden strength forward. In times of tragedy, of necessity, people do amazing things. The human capacity for survival and renewal is awesome. As I have learned and realized through my experiences, we are actually stronger than we think. Sometimes people see a crisis differently. Some would just fall and not bounce back. However, as Jerry Flanagan would say, a crisis is a difficult and uncertain and dangerous time. To thrive during a crisis, you need to change your mindset to prepare for risk and minimize its impact. You do this by lowering your needs to the bare minimum and constantly evaluating the situation in case you need to quickly adjust the strategy. If you have a strategy, I say. Others are fortunate to find value in adversity. They don't just survive a crisis, they thrive after a crisis. And we want this for ourselves, to overcome and to thrive. Welcome to Life Expressions. I'm Chari Hinete Elon. Today, I'll talk to a man who has been through a lot and has survived a lot of crisis. In fact, I call him an overcomer. My guest has been a reporter all his life since the age of 19. He is a journalist by training in the Philippines and abroad and has worked in small and big newsrooms, including becoming the multimedia head of the prestigious Philippine Center for Investigative Journalism, the premier investigative reporting outfit of the Philippines. A stroke survivor since 2015, he recently survived COVID. He now prefers to be called a storyteller. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Julius Mariveles. Hi, Julius. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me. And I'm very glad to see you well and, shall I say, upbeat about your situation now that you have survived COVID. How's life so far? First of all, I'm happy to see you getting younger. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> life so far is, well, of course, it's, it's a continuing struggle to to be better to to especially now to recover from from uh, covid which well, got me and my wife uh, like 2 weeks ago yes so it's it's still that constant uh, i don't want to use the word struggle it's that constant thing to 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 be better i should say Yes, that is good. We will talk more about that, Julius, but allow me to go back several years, uh, like when you had a stroke, when you suffered a stroke, like how many years ago was that? 2015, that's about six years ago. And uh, I don't know, you have this uncanny ability to bring me on air uh, after a very serious event. In 2015, know, you were right? the first... To do an interview with me a month after I had a stroke when I went back to Bacolod City, your hometown. Yeah. And uh, now you are the first to do an interview with me after I had COVID. Uh, I don't know what's the third. I hope there's no third. Podcast. I hope there's no third anymore. <laughs> and I would dare say that is because I'm very much updated with what's happening with you because you're friends on oh. Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So you're my stalker, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> But at least I would want to really get the truth from the horse's mouth, not just on oh. your posts. But I would like to see you thriving and you sharing you. the story of recovering, especially that you are a storyteller. 
<laughs> Thank you, Cherry. Yes. So let's go back. Tell me about how you survived your stroke. 2015 was, it was actually that year when things practically crumbled. Uh, I, I should say it was that year. I was, I was moving, I was supposed to move to a giant television network as research head. Yes. And then the stroke uh, happened. And so I had to pack my bags and go back to Bacolod City. And it was basically back to zero. Yeah. It was a humbling experience. And it was actually miraculous on my part, to say the least, to have survived that stroke. Uh, but then again, what can you do? Uh, you At first, there was that much denial. There's, there was much resentment and anger yeah. even because, I mean, you know, you see people whom you have worked with and uh, have been with and you thought were your friends and comrades turning their backs on you. Yeah. And then I, I, I realized that it's only family who will not abandon you. That is true. Uh, the family, especially of Hannah, was very, very helpful. They, in fact, my father-in-law went to Manila just to see me. Wow. Just to see me and uh, tell me that, no, you won't die soon. <laughs> and that, that expression of support. So, yeah, those are the things. I think I survived because, number one, of my wife. Yeah. Number two, I have to give credit to myself. It was grit and determination. I was not about to go out quietly mm -hmm. uh, out of this world. I think I have to live. Uh, I owe it to myself and to my family, my wife, to, to keep on living, to keep on surviving. So, yeah. That's it. And I realized that what's important, you know, I've been through trainings uh, about trauma. And it is said that in order for you to cope with trauma, you have to have, number one, intellect. It's very important. Number two, resources. And number three, you have to have a social network. And four, of course, the affirmation that what you are doing is good and right. So those were concepts to me at first. But when the stroke happened, I began to realize you need those things. True. You have to rationalize why you are alive, why you had a stroke. You have to come to terms. Yes. You have to forgive yourself. And second, you have to have resources. Of course, without resources, you cannot survive. You cannot yeah. undergo physical therapy or things like that. You cannot have maintenance medicines and... Uh, what is very important above all, I think, is the social network, the support, yeah. which I think we need right now uh, amid COVID because we have to have psychosocial support that's very limited right now. And, uh, but then my experience with stroke told me that it's actually that very small circle of friends. Uh, I began to believe Jordan Peterson, by the way, who is Canadian, yeah. my, one of my favorite philosophers, the Pareto principle, it's only 20%. It's only 20% that will determine the outcome. And so I believe that you only have a small group of people who will actually help you. Yeah. And that's very, very important. We need that 20%, however small, for us to recover from, from tragedies, like in my case, the stroke. Yes. So yeah, I'm still alive. That is good. <laughs> Could you tell me how you're able to survive, how you were able to recover from stroke. You have mentioned, of course, your wife, Hannah, your family, your in-laws. You said you have the resources and especially the grit. You have mentioned you owe it to yourself because you wanted to live. Why did you say, oh, is it mind over matter? Is it because you wanted to live that you were able to live? 
or survive uh, a stroke? It was only much later when I began listening to Jordan Peterson. Yeah. When I realized that uh, you have to, number one, accept that there is much malevolence in the world. It's not a very beautiful place to live in. Uh, it's not an oyster for us to, you know, uh, for us to catch. Uh, and then I, I, I was actually determined to prevent my life from getting to the level of hell. Yes. Because that's what Jordan Peterson said, which I knew only recently. Uh, and I believe that you have to get up. I mean, I, in my case, literally get stand up Correct. and say, I don't want my life to get worse than this. It's already bad. So you have to decide to not make it much worse than what you are experiencing right now. So yes. it's like that. For how many months were you not able to walk, Julius? Oh my God, uh, let's say half a year. Yeah. Uh, I remember the first time uh, Ed Lingao, uh, who is uh, my former colleague, had to go to my apartment two weeks after the stroke because, and he had to fix, to rig something. So it yeah. was like a parachute cord. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had to fix it on the wall so I can use it to stand up. Yeah. And then eventually with the help of a cane, I was able to, to walk. But it was really difficult. It was like, I think uh, I don't want to exaggerate things. Let's say not really six months. Let's say three months. Yes. It was difficult. It was difficult. You know me. I am a field person. True. Yeah. I'm used to the field. We we look for stories in the field. It was difficult. I cannot walk. Yeah. So yeah. Did you also like undergo that. depression during that time? Mm, I would say uh, I I was trained to to do peer support for for. Uh, journalists uh, facing stress and trauma. I should say the signs were there, but it was undiagnosed. So I would not say that I did have depression because it was undiagnosed. I should say, I can say that I had trauma yeah. after the stroke. Yeah. The signs were there. Uh, it was difficult to sleep. I was really resentful. Uh, I was angry to a point. Irritable, you know, those classic yeah. things. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I should say I was on the verge of a depression. And that's the part, that's the, the most I can say. Yeah. At what point in your life did you say, okay, I am going to recover? And then you have realized, yes, indeed, you were recovering. Oh, that's a, an interesting point because sometimes you would say, I will proceed with my life after I make a full recovery. Yeah. There's no such thing. Like I kept my hair long uh, while I did not have a haircut after mm-hmm. the stroke mm-hmm. because in my mind I was saying I will have a haircut after I make a full recovery it doesn't happen mm-hmm. because recovery is a continuous is a continuing thing yes have, I, I can say that I'm not fully recovered uh, because you cannot really go back to that 100% unless your case is a transient ischemic attack but in my case it was a massive stroke you cannot say that you can go back 100%. Yeah. You cannot compare yourself before the stroke. What you can do is to compare yourself right after the stroke and where you are now. And now you could say that you're definitely better and doing the things that you needed to do. Oh, sure. Uh, one Very thing, uh, before I cannot stand, I cannot walk on my own without a cane. Now I can walk without a cane. I can stand up. I can do things for myself. I can dress myself. I can cook. Yeah. I can eat on my own. So. 
I mean, you can make, uh, you can urinate and you can make poo on your own. So th those are things to be. And your mind about. is as, and your mind is as sharp as ever. Oh, sure. It's good. <laughs> By the way, for those who are watching right now, Julius is in his office at DNX and he needs to wear the mask to, you know, for protection. Correct? Because there's five of you there in the office and just, yes. yeah, just to be sure you keep your mask on, even if you're in front of the camera and we're doing this virtually. Anyways, Julius, how did you get your life back? I'm still getting it back, actually. Uh well, you know, uh, as I've said, you have to make that decision. Getting my life back was not a choice, but a matter of necessity. I mean, what else can you do? Uh, I cannot linger in that uh, storied past. I have to move on. Yes. Because if you cannot get your life back, moving on means getting your life back, yeah. picking up the pieces, trying to reconstruct whatever is left. Yeah. Trying to uh, rekindle that flame of hope, whatever mm -hmm. little is left flickering. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I think I'm doing right now. Yeah. And what year was DNX established? Oh, that is fun. 2019, months before the pandemic. Yeah. August 2019. Yeah, DNX opened its doors. It's a very small office uh, here in Bacolod City, Philippines. In <laughs> Mid-August 2019, it was a decision to, well, you know, okay, uh, I never thought that there would be a pandemic. Uh, there was only like, how many of us? Uh, four, four yeah. of us. Yes. So yeah, August 2019. August 2019. Tell us first about this idea of yours because DNX is an online news platform, right? So tell me, okay, you. In, I remember when I interviewed you for Excel Time when I was still in Bacolod, <laughs> you asked me about this idea and I said, sure, that's an absolutely great idea. Go ahead. Tell me about it. Oh, well, eh, <laughs> <laughs> you actually know about this because yeah. the first person I told uh, about this idea, I shared this idea too, aside from my wife, of course, was you. Oh, wow. It was after. It was after that interview, remember? I, yes. I, I, I actually mentioned it on air and then you yes. said, you told me, oh, don't talk about it. Others <laughs> will hear. <laughs> and follow so suit. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you were not mistaken. You were not mistaken. Aside from us, there are other online platforms right now, which is good. Competition is always good. Of course. Yeah. yeah. But it's the still free market to get economy. ahead. That's why I gave you that opportunity <laughs> go ahead do it first it's still best to be first <laughs> oh you know uh, after that interview when you told me okay do it uh i became quite serious you know me you know me i have a lot of ideas and uh, the problem sometimes with minds that are very active is that you are not really determined to put to put it into practice yeah so after that interview, I actually spent time under a mango tree. That mango tree is still there outside our home. Uh, it is not ours, but it belongs to the neighborhood. So yeah. I would spend time there writing. In fact, my notes are still at home okay. about the NX. So I conceptualized. I thought very hard about the NX. So 
long and short of it, it's it's here now. Yeah, and I'm very happy for you. I see how fast you have grown, the oh, number of your followers and your subscribers, and the content, of course, I should say, is very good. So congratulations on that. Thank you, Miss Cherry. Yes. Thank yes. you. And how has it continued to inspire you and make your life better with DNX? You know, journalism was or is the only thing I know uh, how to do. Uh, you take me away from journalism and storytelling. I, I don't know what to do. Uh, I tried cooking. I'm a good cook, by the way. I, <laughs> <laughs> I tried home cooking, uh, selling uh, pork products, uh, pork recipes. It was good, but at the end of the day, there was a lack of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, journalists are so used to the adrenaline rush. True. Every that, day we yes. beat deadlines. Every day we look for stories. We look for conflict. And so the adrenaline rushes every time. Yeah. I think I'm an adrenaline junkie and I kind of... Uh, Search for that adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But no, 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 no. That that would be too oversimplifying things. Uh, it's not only about the chemical reaction. It's about the purpose and content. As I've said, for you to recover from a traumatic incident, you have to find reaffirmation that what you are doing is good. DNX is in a way part of that healing process. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Part and of that then, recovery. Yeah. Part of that recovery. So fast forward, you were still very busy with DNX. COVID-19 happened. And just recently, you had COVID. Tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, when I was still young, uh, Hannah and I, we used to think that uh, we will die in a very dramatic way. I thought that I will always, I always thought that I will, I want to die in a hail of bullets, you know, Ooh, okay. uh, or dying on the field as, as a journalist or when I was an activist, dying on the field, uh, allowing my comrades to escape while I was facing a hail of bullets, you know, very romantic. No, that's dramatic. <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> but that shit, I'm sorry to use the term, flew out of the window when I had COVID. I, I, I was on, in bed and then I was thinking, I'm not supposed to die like this. Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to die on my back. But there you have it. There you have it. You have COVID. So what do you do? Yeah. You stop thinking about the drama and then you focus on recovering. Yeah. What happened I first? Tell me, how did you know that you had COVID? Mm, I think uh, this is actually only speculation uh, because there's no medical proof about this. But we suspect that Hannah got it first. Okay. From where uh, we don't know, we have speculations. But I think she got it first, and then I was still uh, continuing to work. Mm -hmm. And then one day, uh, her cough was really, really bad. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounded like something else. It mm -hmm. was not the usual allergic cough or whatever, the ordinary cough. And then it sounded really bad. And then the fever came. And then the body pains. And so I think she had it first, like about two, three days ahead of me. And then uh, naturally, because I'm the husband, uh, I got infected. Yeah. And then uh, it was really difficult because you have to admit that you have COVID and that you need help. Yes. 
because I think for one or two days, I refused to admit that it could be something worse. Mm -hmm. So I continued to work, yeah, which was rather difficult. And then after one or two days, I realized that I am not doing anything good because I'm putting even my staff yeah. at risk. Correct. And then uh, the pot, you, you begin to think about the possibility of dying because several months ago, there were four local reporters who died here. Yeah. Uh, Rushmore, two broadcasters, uh, three broadcasters, and one writer. And so I began to, thought very to think very seriously. Oh my, I, am I going to be the fifth? Uh, so there, we decided to stay at home and then seek the help of a doctor. And then our doctor, a woman, by the way, uh, was really very good. Mm -hmm. She came, I think, a week after, or I mean, a day after I, I asked her to come. Yeah. And then we were put on uh, antibiotics and a lot of things. Uh, and then we, we got swabbed. Okay. And then I think a day or two later, the results came out. We were positive. Mm -hmm. uh, our house was put on lockdown. There was a sign yeah. And I felt like a celebrity <laughs> waving inside. <laughs> it was, was it colored yellow? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> it was like waving, okay. waving. Oh I was sunning myself in the morning. And so yeah. neighbors were passing by. Oh, are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so no, 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 no. At least you could still find humor in your situation <laughs> then. Of course, of course. Yeah. You know me, you know me. Yes. But the support was, was great. Really yeah. great. I mean, uh, Hannah and I would joke. Uh, a week after we we got well, mm -hmm. we said we can actually open a mini grocery. <laughs> That's good. Because of the help. A lot of wow, a lot of support. A lot. Yes. We yeah. Seriously, we had to throw fruits. Oh. Because, because they kept coming to... in. Yeah. yeah. And you can't give it to others because no. it's contaminated already. <laughs> Yeah, you might have touched it and all, right? Yes. But, but apart from the support that you got, apart from the food that you were given by your friends and relatives and supporters, uh, what did you do? Like, how did you recover? Because I should say you are blessed enough to be able to recover while others didn't. We were fortunate enough because our symptoms were mild to moderate. Uh, mm -hmm. So in my case, I had a bad not really a bad hacking cough or mm -hmm. continuously coughing, uh, a bit of a fever, uh, very slight joint pains. Uh, basically, basically, it was like vacation with antibiotics. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I don't know if uh, this is also part of that uh, recovery process because mm -hmm. for us being in the house just yeah. alone, is 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 good for us. Yeah, it gives us a break. Uh, of course, uh, I don't have to put into details what we're doing, Charlie. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> both of you got it, and you can do whatever you. No, but mm -hmm. a week later, uh, the doctor came and he said, "Okay," she told Hannah, "Okay, you, I think you have to wear a face mask when you're sleeping." And then Hannah said, "Why?" Why? Because. Uh, you might get infected by Julius because she got healed first. The pneumonia came away uh, earlier for Hannah. I mean, she got well first. So okay. the chances of being reinfected by me was there. 
Okay. It was the pneumonia uh, actually that was very very frightening. Yeah. Mine was bilateral pneumonia, meaning my lungs, both my lungs were, yeah. 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 And then the doctor said the crackling sounds were very, very pronounced, uh, which indicated a very bad infection. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, we got oxygen uh, into our home. And uh, yeah, we got, uh, uh, we were not confined in a hospital or an isolation center. Yeah. How long? Which, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Which, by the way, could have been worse, could have made things worse if, if we were in the hospital. hospital. I, I surmise. It took us about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Two weeks to be officially uh, declared as uh, well. Mm-hmm. But we isolated person. Uh, it was our decision to isolate for another week. Okay. Because we knew that after the two weeks, our defenses were low. Yes. So we had to like uh, stay in the house again. Yeah. So after, we were enjoying that vacation. <laughs> so after <laughs> two weeks, you had COVID test and it turned out negative. Uh, we were advised not to take the test anymore. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't get the test? Not, not anymore. Okay. How did you know? What we how, got yeah. was a vaccination. Okay. Yeah. When did you get vaccinated? I think a week after. Mm-hmm. A week after mm-hmm. the two weeks. Yes. No, no. A week after the three weeks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Julius, I'm very glad that you and Hannah have recovered from COVID and you could say that, yes, COVID is real. Everyone should really be careful. It is. It is. It is. Yes. And it's very dangerous. Yeah. You oh, by the way, here's, yeah. the, here's the thing. Uh, I mean, I love our doctor. Yeah. Because when she came two weeks after... What's the name of your doctor? Uh, I don't know if she wants to be... She okay. wants to be... Mentioned. Known, but, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. But uh, here's what happened. Uh, after we were a bit well, she mm-hmm. came for the last consult that was like two weeks after the diagnosis. Yeah that we were COVID positive. And she told me, had you taken treatment a, a day or two later, you might have been dead. Oh. And I was like, oh my, oh my. And that was when the real anxiety started. Yeah. Because, you know, Chari, I, yes. I escaped death once. Yeah, I know. No, don't tell me I cheated it twice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yes. That was when the fear started. Yeah. And then, of course, along with that, along with that fear is that sense of gratitude that yeah. I'm still alive. Yeah. Yeah. God is not done with you yet. You still have a purpose here. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Julius, I have also noticed that in the past, most of your posts are really about not, shall I say, ranting, seeing a lot of negative in the world, a lot of people, etc. But now it has shifted a bit. What has changed? It was after the stroke. Uh, very complicated. My life is very complicated. I used to be identified with a certain ideological group. And yeah. uh, after the stroke, I decided, no, okay, okay, okay. I have to chart my life on my own, yeah. on my own. And so it was the realization that uh, it's not all that bad. Uh, I mean, after after 
recovering from the stroke, I realized that I survived. So I should enjoy myself. Uh, I should enjoy my life. Yeah. You know, the teenage years is, uh, some theorists would say, characterized by a sense of moral indignation. That's yeah. good yeah. if you're in the 20s. But Chari, I'm now 46. Yeah. Yes. So it was like that realization. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. as I've said, you have to make use of your brain, of your mind to yeah. recover something. And then I realized I'm not doing anything really, really fantastic with my life. So I have to enjoy it. I have to make up for lost time with Hannah, yes. my wife. Yeah. And so I started to smell the flowers along the way. That's wonderful. I was like grim and determined at first. You know I me. Mean? I was very serious. Yeah. I was angry. I wanted to change the world. And then I realized I have to change myself first. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. And are you in the process of doing that? Of course. Of course. Of course. It yes. would be a continuing thing until I die, I would yes. suppose. Yes. Julius, your story is a nice story of overcoming a crisis. If there's one major lesson that you have learned and would like to share with our viewers and uh, listeners, what would that be? The very important thing is to have a clear mindset. You have to decide where you are located and what do you intend to do. Yeah. Because if you don't, you don't have that conscious decision to do something with your life, nothing's going to happen. That is true. So what's next for Julius Mariveles? Oh, well, I'm planning something special in the next two years. I'll let you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I yeah. should be the first to interview you after the next two years then. Of course, done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just secured my exclusive one-on-one. -one. <laughs> I want to do something about stroke, actually. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's oh. an advocacy about stroke. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I will let you know after the interview. All right. <laughs> so, Julius, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And of Harry, course, the pleasure was mine. Yeah, the thank pleasure you for was granting mine. this interview. Anytime. Well, yes. Crises are a fact of life. We all encounter them. What's important is how we deal with them and how we overcome the crisis. When you're presented with an obstacle or a crisis, step back for a moment and try to see how you can survive, thrive, and turn it into your advantage. Thank you so much to my guest, Julius Mariveles, and thank you so much for listening. I'm Chari Hineta Elon. This is Life Expressions. If you like this episode, please share and download. You can also put it as your status when you share it. Of course, we can be seen on Facebook, YouTube, and this is also streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thank you so much. Till next time here on Life Expressions. Julius, thank you. Thank you, Chari. Thank you.